Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Boom. It didn't say recording in progress there. That was a bit... Up. Right, should we just bin this off and uh, reload it? Come on, Zoom. no, it's fine. What's what's wrong? It was oh, just it no, it's just it didn't warn us, but it's it, it is recording to all right, amazing. Right, okay. well, welcome back to the Propane Business Podcasts. Three of us here today, and back and forth, and back and forth, and back and forth. And uh, today, we're going to be talking about kind of some of the nuances of actually coaching online, of, of how to coach technique through a virtual space through the internet. Um, that's going to be kind of the main topic. But before we do get into that, I'll go back to the game we've been playing. I think people have been enjoying it. But the what would a business person do if they were solely an online fitness tra- person, person trainer? Has, now, has Johnny had a, a go at this yet? Johnny uh, has had a go at this. He was a bit uh, more familiar with the figure than you were last time. <laughs> so we had a bit more in-depth discussion. But today, I'm just going to go a quick one. You know, we're limited on time. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is the kind of guy to do five three one set his <coughs> maxes at like empty bar and just run it for ten years and not think about it. So I think Warren Buffett would just pick like search based content and not do any advertising. Just do search based content and just do it for twenty five years. He'd nail ten keywords. Like he'd have ten pet mm. keywords. And that would be it. Yeah, and just produce on all search platforms, just just content on that. And then in like five years' time, he'd start picking up a bit of momentum. Ten years' time, he'd be doing pretty well. Fifteen, he'd be like, have you heard of Warren Buffett? Twenty, he'd then be teaching other people. Hard to be like Warren Buffett. <laughs> yeah, nailing the first three pages of Google for, for any keyword. For anything Buffett-related. Uh, see, I like the idea that he has a, a kind of fitness product called the Warren Buff It, <laughs> in which, in which you get really Was buff. It, is it not Warren Buff Fit? Warren Buff. <laughs> at, at Warren Buff Fit on Instagram. At, at Buff Fit, yeah. You could set up. You could have a gym. There's, yeah, that's the that's the franchise arm, isn't it? It's all the Buff Fit franchise. Buff dot options. Buff dot fit. Buff dot fitness. I- .io. That's such a trendy startup name. Yeah, yeah. buffit.io. Oh, or wow. Buff and fit. Oh, wow. Get buff and fit there. while eating a buffet. Without, without worrying. Without worrying. Right. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We've squeezed the With, with Warren Buffett. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Get buff and fit without worrying with Warren Buffett. There you go. Right. Well, that, that would be his business. Amazing. So now on to the main topic. I have Enjoy. a question. Oh. I have a question. <laughs> I have a point of order. Shut me up. 
Would you rather give up the internet or showering for a month? Internet, because then you could do a blog about it. You could do like a blog, oh, I gave up the internet for a month and here's what give happened. Up. Well, but you could do the same thing with showering, but also still have the internet for a month. Yeah. Showering's too nice, mate. <clears throat> the internet, look, because look, that would be just, that, that would be like a real talking point. No one's going to be like, oh, I remember the time Alex didn't shower for a month. Well, they might, but that's going to be hushed and whispered. No one's saying that to you direct versus like, what was it like? And you could be like, oh, it's so fucking spiritual, man. You could do a <laughs> TED talk on it. You could like, there's so much you could like that, reap off of that. Yeah, that, that is true. It would be a ball ache though. There'd be little things where like, you're like, oh, I need to pay the thing for that thing and I can't log on because I, but the other problem, that well, many people will have not showered for a month in lockdown. Apparently people's showering habits went one of two ways. When they're, lockdown and there's no social pressure people either became overly worried about infection and cleanliness and they they like showered several times more just in pure alcohol gel <laughs> they went the opposite way and thought well i'm working from home and no one can see me so i'm never going to shower a fun sort of spin-off game that we could play associated with this is asking yusuf how long you can go for without doing certain bodily things <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> So it's got to be, the rule is, it's got to be to do with the human body. And then we just see where Yusuf's, the limits of Yusuf's knowledge is. So let's let's say, Yusuf, I didn't shower for a year. What would happen to me? Or ca- could I go for a year without showering? Okay, so let, let's look at this in layers of, of domains. <laughs> great. So, this is going to be such a fun game. <laughs> so I'm so the, excited. The, the, the first layer is the the internal sense of anyone with obsessional tendencies or they're in a usual routine, they start to feel off. So the, you know, you, there's a, there's a voice at the back of your head that says, Oh, well, I've not, I've not showered and I don't feel quite right. And, and that starts a kind of circular set of thoughts. That's the internal, the very core next step out. You have the social layer. You have people who that's when people start to smell you. That's when it starts to impact your work, your relationships. What, what point would you say that is at in the journey? Depending on the season, I think that can be as soon as one week. And then I think it starts to compound. So then you have the, the work layer, <clears throat> the point where your boss, like colleagues have been like, oh, boss, I'm sorry, but um, Bob's really starting to smell here. Like, can you can you have a word? And he'll be like, oh, we're not really supposed to. It's kind of, you know, it's a bit personal. And then it gets to the point where the boss has to then take you aside and say, look, man, you're smelling. We think we need you to work from home from now on or have a shower. So that's when it... You say, well, I can't because I've committed to a year of no showering. Well, yeah, like at least I can use the internet. So so then you have, (laughs) beyond the professional capacity, you then start to get the legal capacity the problems so this is where you might go into a shop people start complaining people say it's a pandemic and you're not washing and someone calls the police on you if you fail to adhere to the police directives to clean then you can have um you, you go beyond two stars and you get three stars on the corner of your screen so then the the, the heavy duty police like the so19 with the guns and the, the vans start come out, coming after you. you, then defy them, you're then going to have 
the low level military and then you have the FBI and then you have um what's the army stars? the army it's the army yeah tanks and tanks and military planes so actually you really should shower so but the whole time <laughs> this should just be a podcast series in and of itself I thought you were going to go down the route of like the different types of bacteria that would accumulate and skin problems you would get and health. I was actually going, I, I had that in my head and then I got so taken so what, off by the... Let's say I'm just in a room. I'm just in this room for a year. I can do everything remotely. I don't speak to anyone. Six months in, what's happening to me medically? I think you'd start to develop fungal infections. Okay. Things are less fun. Fungus among us. Yeah, because you, you've you've got static skin and sweat that's not being, not being, uh, no, not Cleaned. much turnover. It's the perfect environment to get things like thrush and um, athlete's foot and those kind of things. If you leave no, the really, the really like romantic rock star infections, aren't they? The ones that everyone like brags about. Oh yeah, exactly. Everyone, <laughs> everyone loves to. So by that point like you, you I, I don't know if you, you would you maybe get start to get bacterial things you get abscesses you get boils no um, man you see that's the problem man it's actually society yeah like it's just, <laughs> that's that's all your that's all your like toxins in the shampoos <sighs> so actually if you go natural the skin naturally develops cleansing methods yeah, yeah the, oh man that, that's, that's the classic isn't it the shampoo well I tried no shampoo for 12 weeks I just washed my hair with water. Um, and then I started using washing up liquid. Didn't notice yeah. a difference either way. But I've not got much hair, so maybe that's... Maybe that's why. Anyway, goodness me. <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things. If there's anything you'd like to know, if anything like, I wonder how long I could go for without blank, and you'd like to know a, a medical, a doctor's answer to that, <laughs> get in touch with us. Send us a DM on Instagram. I'm going to have just people the... turning up in my clinic, being like, oh, hi, yeah. And like, so what, what brings you into the surgery? Well, to be honest, I was just wondering, like, if I didn't wee and just held it for as long as I could, like, what would happen? You're like, oh. It's a great I question. Think, into the I think I've done great. that. I think I've done that on some, like, buses to matches before. <laughs> I think eventually when... it just it gets taken out of your hands, doesn't it? Yeah. But, yeah. like... When it's, you like stand up and it's painful to like stand up straight because of how long you've been holding it. I don't know if you've had that experience. There was, there was a radio show of, it was called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. And the premise was everyone drinks a two litre bottle of Coca-Cola. And then the, la the, the last person to go for a wee wins a Nintendo Wii. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the person... Died. Or at least was very ill. What? Hold oh, no, one. no, that can't be the end of the story. <laughs> they died. No, I think, I think so. Right, oh. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to fact check myself here. But either way, they they ruptured their bladder and they. Okay. Hold on. I, I think I missed a bit where you said you said they died. Yes, Johnny. That was the. <laughs> <laughs> so while we were dying laughing, I they think were... they did. So I was too busy. Oh my god. So is that so? That's the answer. Is the, I imagine that's the answer to most things. If you don't do something that you do a lot yeah. for a very long time, you cease to. Function. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So she died. Um, Jennifer Strain. Jennifer Strain. R.I.P. Jennifer. Twenty-eight. You had to. 
Right, you had you had to have a an eight ounce bottle every oh, fifteen I minutes. We lost sound. Right. Can you hear me? Yep. Have you lost me? I think he's just gone into shock. Uh-oh. <laughs> I think he has. Um, yeah. So they so it was regular water intake. It wasn't just a single bottle and then wait. It was regular, yeah. Consistently topping up and a bladder ruptured. And then contestants started on large, larger bottles. Okay, so it was escalating. Yeah. I'm, I mean, that's manslaughter, surely. That's what? Manslaughter. Oh, I don't know. Corporate, she was... corporate manslaughter, no? I mean, it, I wouldn't want to be the legal team of that radio show, for sure. That's, I suppose that's it, really... there's, there's probably a hell of a set of conditions and waivers and things you have to sign. Yeah, you'd hope so. Um, but it's a lot of effort to go to to just do a bloody radio show thing. Yeah. You just to, wouldn't to well, and also, like, Nintendo Wii, even at their peak, were quite accessible price-wise. Yeah. <laughs> and not that good, which I think is well, the more... Hold, hold the fucking phone. <laughs> <laughs> well... They, do you know what was I think was this is this to, gonna be our steel man argument? Well so, so I think for the next episode we are gonna to have to cover a tweet which accidentally took off the other day. Um and we can go through some of them, which was what is something that you think is overrated but society loves? And there were some very controversial answers in there. But I think we'll have to leave that for another time because we we need to get into the meat of today's topic. Yes. Which is, how do you coach lifting technique online? Because you're not there in person. So just ha- how, the, how the hell are you going to do it, Yusuf? Tell me. Yeah. So this is a challenge that we, I mean, to, to let you guys behind the fourth wall, we've never worked in official capacity as personal trainers. Johnny and I haven't. Alex has been, um, has been both online and offline for, for yes. some time. And... Obviously, the the main difficulty is the three. Like you, you don't get the tactile feedback, you don't get the three D view. You can't give people quick live feedback on on the technique. So there's a lot more difficulties with coaching technique online. The way around that is make sure that you get as much video feedback as possible early on. Do that in your structured check in approach. Ask them to film from one or uh, one or two angles if they can and have some have a have a process so what what we did for example is get everyone up to speed first and then tweak from there rather than just throw them throw a movement at them and say do this and then spend ages trying to like correct their form so we just went into a gym one day and spent the whole day recording exercises including you know the setup the foot position the bar path all of that stuff just down to each detail, split it into a separate video for each queue, put it into our members area, and we included that as part of the onboarding sequence for any new client. So they have to watch through that before starting any of the program. Then they send us video responses with their technique, and it's much easier to then start from that point rather than from scratch. I mean, there you go. There it is. <laughs> no, um, no, I, I think that's... I mean, there's a lot in there, but I think it kind of refers back to the episode we recorded the other day of you know, how to how to get into that beginner mindset, right? Yeah. And I think that's a massive part of it is 
you know, like, like you said in there, some of the subtleties of the video, like the setup, for example, like as someone who's done the movement a lot, you might be like, well, no, just get the bar on your back. Off you, off, you, off you go. And now let's dive into the specifics <clears throat> of the squat. When actually, you know, I think you always have to look at stuff from the experience of the person who's going to be doing the exercise. And if they don't know what it is, they might not know, you know, how to get the dumbbells even set up for a kind of, but, you know, if it's a dumbbell bench press, for example, there's a lot you can do wrong in the setup. Man, um, the, the, and you cannot overestimate the level of... Variance. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to be diplomatic here, but I've had questions that were like, Yusuf, when I take the, the weight off the bar from the previous, or after a bench press, um, it flips over and makes a racket. Like, how do I stop that? And I was like, well, take one plate off one side and then take one plate off the other side. And, you know, or like when I'm doing dumbbell bench press, how do I get the, the dumbbells up? Or like, Yusuf, I'm too short for the pull-up bar. What do I do? You're like, right, you can either jump or you can stand on something. Like, these are questions that you you assume that someone will work out, but not always. So People have different levels of, like, just body awareness as well, don't they? So if you say to someone... So I suppose that I think most people we coach, if not maybe everyone we've ever coached, has had some level of training experience before they come to us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's quite there might be a few exceptions but that i think that's quite common with an online client is that they they kind of try and do something on their own which is like the essence of why anyone buys anything really they try and do something on their own and run into problems and obstacles it's a problem aware offering isn't it yeah like i need some help here it's not working i'm going to get some help whereas a lot of the time like someone might sign up and this is the kind of the the january rush that happens in gyms you know someone signs up for the gym and then just automatically get to personal trainer is like the start of their journey. And that's a lot of that conversation is around hinging and um, knee, knee travel when you're squatting and kind of how to, how to move in very basic uh, patterns. So I think it, the, how do you teach technique depends on what you're teaching and to who and where their starting point is more importantly. Cause it like a, a lot of the sort of more involved, like looking at videos from three different angles, is someone I'm coaching from like for a powerlifting meet or who wants to add 20 kilos to their squat. And it's a very subtle, you know, they're, they're getting tipped forward in the bottom of a squat, for example. How do you coach someone out of that versus how do you coach someone to like hinge at the hip properly and not just bend their knees and, and you know, to do something that's not really a squat. So I, I think it's, it can be, so I think anything from like once someone's got very basic movement mechanics, pretty much anything can be coached online at a really high level. And I think, to be honest, I've never had, I've had one in-person session for technique. Everything else has been online coaching for all my lifts and it's improved hugely as a result of the of the sessions. Um, but I think it's teaching someone who's, yeah, personally. And then also like a lot of the coaching we've done is with people who, you know, you're, you're refining a technique rather than teaching it from basics. If someone's like really struggling and can't do something, so someone doesn't have just like a general sense of, this is how I squat, this is how I pick something up, this is how I put something overhead, and they need to be taught that, they probably need to be physically shown that movement in person. Because um, it's like if I if I like gave you a barbell stuff and said like, put it over your head, there'd just be certain things you do without even thinking about it 
that make that very comfortable for you? Well, the, this this is a, this is exactly the problem with putting yourself in the mindset of someone who doesn't know what you know. Mm. I watched a, a YouTube tutorial a few years ago, and it stuck stuck with me because it was so bad. The guy who did it just obviously had no physical empathy for the people watching. It was how to do a wall flip, and the guy was like, "All right, so I'm going to show you how to do a wall flip. So what you want to do is you're going to run up the wall, and then you're going to flip off it." You're like, oh, thanks, genius. Like, that's exactly what I'm Oh, so. that's, that's what the movement is. And oh. I'm sure from his perspective, he thought like, oh, I'm explaining this really well. But um, he, it, it's putting the bar over the head. that He's missed out the fact that there is so much nuance in your setup, your foot placement, your run, your arm swing, which happens naturally for him because he's maybe just a physically gifted kind of person. And so being able to like, really put you and sometimes you can't you can't pick up on all these unconscious traits like the same way that if you were to explain to an alien how to take a drink of water <laughs> you'd have to probably watch them do it and then be like ah right okay here's where you're yeah. going wrong <laughs> hey guys i just wanted to jump on here quickly and tell you a bit about my experience working with the guys at propane so earlier this year i decided to transition career to online coaching um, but honestly had no idea where to begin but I am so glad that I found the propane business course it's honestly been a godsend I would be lost without it Johnny and Yusuf basically show you how to build an online fitness business from scratch or anywhere where you are in your journey um, they give you all the tools and the knowledge that you need to succeed as an online coach it's it's been amazing and after just a few months of working with them I am ready to quit my full-time job and fully transition uh, into online coaching which I am really excited about so if you are on the fence about doing this I know it's a big investment and it, it seems quite scary but it is 100% worth it you will uh, make all the money back you will get so much out of it um, and yeah I definitely recommend so I think one of the like one of the rules you can have in your programming is as you have said everybody gets like a video library on day one. So everything that's in their program is a video library. So they're not just guessing. Because if someone's never done like a front squat, for example, they might not even know where to begin with how to unrack the bar or where the bar sits. So you could give them a few examples of that. But then any time someone does an exercise for the first time in your programming, they have to send you a video of, of them doing it. Because I think what you don't want to happen is what they think is a front squat being done unchecked for eight weeks oh, and yeah. then you get like I've made a that performance test yeah yeah well, you have so a that, client check in and they're doing it with a, with a dumbbell or something you're like oh no like, oh, that's uh, my fault yeah <laughs> so I think don't don't make assumptions um yeah. because you aren't seeing the people perform a session so you it is important to have a a screening of you know I'm going to give you this exercise you've not done it before put your phone in the corner of the gym and just film yourself doing a set so I can check that it's not you're not likely to injure yourself, or as you said, like you're not like holding a kettlebell out to one side instead of using a barbell or something like that. Um, and then just also regular video reviews. So one, once you know someone's comfortable with doing something, maybe once a month or once a week, they send you like an exercise of their choice and just say, I just want to see like one or two movements of something, probably the main, like the, 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 the main components of the program, the main lifts, <clears throat> just so you can pick up on small adjustments. Because for most people, unless you're coaching someone who's like top level in 
a, some kind of transport, their technique can probably be improved. Yeah. And there's probably huge weaknesses and, and areas that they're, they're more injury prone or actually, you know, they could be lifting safer, get more more involvement and activation in the muscles they're trying to target, get stronger by just changing a few things. So it's actually where there's a lot of low-hanging fruit. So the next step then is the practical application of how, how to give someone feedback in a way that they can action. Mm-hmm. And the way that I personally do this is I try and minimize the amount of information I give people. I think in the past when I, when, you know, six, seven years ago, I would get a video of someone squatting and I'd be like, Oh, here's 12 things that you need to fix at once thinking that I was yeah. being a really good coach. Cause I was giving them loads of information. And all it does is people are like, Oh great. So I've now got to think of 12 simultaneous things at once. Next time I do this quite unfamiliar movement. Mm-hmm. So instead now I'll just say, right, what's the highest priority thing that I can fix for them? And quite often, if it's a really fundamental thing, that's probably going to fix a lot of downstream errors anyway, rather than... Yeah, because the errors are being caused by the imbalance that's being caused by the fundamental issue. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and then they're compensating several steps down the kinetic chain. So you you get them to fix one thing and usually give them a tactile cue. Some of my favorite ones, and I've done a podcast episode on this, would be, for example, a Romanian deadlift. If you tell someone to just slide the bar down their thighs and push their bum back as far as they can or try, try and reach the, the back wall with their bum, or squats, ball sack between the heels. That's a very, <laughs> a very gender, uh, uh, gender equal one that we have. Um, you know, for there's a lot of movements that you can say, right, like keep this arm in contact with this thigh, or the deadlift, like pick the sword out of the stone, pick up the shopping bags, then the body will pick the sword out. out of the stone. Yeah, that's the Derek Poundstone. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like a, um, like a push push away. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Th- these are all things which which are they're the, the smallest amount of information because the simpler the cue, the more the body figures out the right position for it. Rather than like so I've seen some people like right, so you want to take your uh, left arm and adduct it in the sagittal plane, and then uh, internally rotate your your femur. It's like yeah, uh, I think that's a, that's a big thing. Just, just PTs flexing, wanting to show off the anatomy knowledge they've learned in um, the level three NVQ, or whatever. But it's it's like it's not a it's not client friendly. So there's that. The next the next step, as Johnny said, if you have an advanced lifter and they're a bit more aware of what they need to fix sometimes you can just take screenshots from the video and in preview literally just you know apple preview you can draw like a line on the on their back for the the angle or um follow the bar path draw a line on it just annotate the image with whatever software you use and really helpful to look at it and be like oh yeah like there's something wrong here i think that that one especially means that so when you do video analysis of someone you realize that you you often see patterns in the way people move so yeah i think when you're giving people feedback it's important to have a template in your mind of not just like what should this lift look like but more like what are some of the um like check boxes that i would want to see in a someone performing this lift correctly so for example are their heels lifting off the ground? Is the bar over their midline? Are their hi- hips hinging in that way? Are they like breaking at um, <laughs> trying to do it without doing the, the PT flex and say L5S1? But you know, are they, are they, <laughs> I 
are they keeping like a stable midline as their back straight as they're lifting and if you kind of can link those things together then you can explain to somebody why you're saying what you're saying because i think basically what, what Yusuf's point was for someone to really get it and then be able to do it i think they have to understand all right that's what i did wrong that's why it's a problem and then this is what it should feel like because if you don't have the feel then you're ultimately just you're like all right yeah i'll just do it again and it kind of feels the same and i don't really know what i'm changing that's but a really you... important distinction like what should it feel like rather than what should it look mm. like because yeah it's fine to for it to look like something from a you know after you've recorded the set and seen the video mm -hmm. but it's like well i know it looks Oops. bad now because I've, I've already done the set <laughs> yeah it's too late the this is, this, have not made, yeah this is something that i'm so i've i've tried getting a, a golf coach and like golf's even worse than powerlifting because the if the club is like one degree off the ball doesn't go where you want it to go so there's a lot that goes into getting it right and the first two coaches i tried made exactly the same mistakes we're talking about so it's, it's, it's the same problem right you're teaching someone how to do movement and they have a preconceived idea oh, of what the it should fucking look like. language in golf as well it's terrible oh you just need uh, to swoop, swoopy jimmy on the back straight and it's like oh fucking well <laughs> cheers cheers jeff well so like they'll, they'll say like oh you know you just want to and they're just exactly that. Like they'll give you a visual cue. So they'll say, they'll show you a video of you doing it and they'll give you a, vi a visual cue. And you're like, well, I feel like I'm doing that, which is why we're here. That's why we're in this problem. That's such like, a frustrating feeling. Yeah. Like to me, I am doing what the, what I'm supposed to be doing. So you, you telling me do it like how this looks, that's what I think I'm doing. So the coach that I, I've stuck with is the guy who gave me one, one cue, which ultimately switched the light on, which is, if I'm standing over there and there's a mate standing over there and you want to grab a ball off me and pass it to him, what do you do? And you're like, ah, okay, that's what it should feel like. And then you get the, if you understand what the feeling of rotating and weight transfer feels like. So it's the same, your clients have the same frustration of like, you just go, oh, you just get the bar and you just do this. And you go, and you show them a few examples. They look at it and think, that's what I'm yeah, trying to do. That's, that's what, what I just doing. did. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think, if you are familiar with the technique enough yourself, being able to distill it into like, this is the way that it should feel. And, and often someone's, someone's technique going from a mess to pretty good is like, just do this, you know, try, try make your hips feel like this or try make your lower back feel like this or try make your shoulders feel like this. Gives them that realization. Suddenly it feels better. The weight feels lighter. It, it stops hurting. <laughs> and then they start moving in the right direction. It's, it's a shame that you can't use tactile feedbacks, feedback in uh, in online coaching because I think they're the most powerful because they, they, they go straight to the feel. And so sometimes you can do self-tactile ones where you say, um, like in we have a video about bracing for the squat and pressing the hands into the sides and saying, if you can you push these out with, with your breath only? And the whole, um, what's his name, Chris? Oh, Chris. Chris uh, Kabuki Movement Systems guy. Chris Duffin. Yeah. The, the Chris Duffin approach of compressing the cylinder. Mm. It depends on how coachable the athlete is as well, or well, so, how willing uh, they are to, to follow an instruction. So something I, I was really impressed with, with Johnny, is he learned a backflip a few years ago. And it's a very foreign movement for most people, but particularly for a powerlifter who's never done tumbling sports before. And 
yeah, he he didn't like most people will kind of they'll try and twist out of it or they'll chicken out and the head will get in the way. Whereas I think because Johnny had been training for so long by that point, he was just like, oh well, if I just follow the instructions of of the cues, I'll just do it. And he didn't. It, it seemed like fear didn't even feature because you were like, oh well, I'll just do the instruction, and you got it within forty minutes or so. So that there's an interesting kind of topic off that which is how and this is the i think it's the hardest thing i've found to coach coach people online is how do you teach someone to like fully just uh, like absolutely full throttle something (laughs) in the gym so because i think so many people if you watch the average person lift it's very rare that they are truly limited by their actual potential they're often limited by like being really tentative with it moving the bar really slowly you watch someone try and deadlift and they like go like, and it doesn't come off the ground. And I think the, I my, my memory. My <laughs> 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 so like they, and we've had a few clients, like I can think of names and obviously we're not going to say them who get so caught up in the technique of things, but actually what they need coaching on is just like, just try and really just bloody hard. go for it. Yeah. Like get out of your own way and stop overanalyzing things because i think the there is a side of the online coaching world that think that get really involved in the video analysis and really involved in all these things when actually what the person needs to be told is you are going to take this set to one rep shy of failure and and that's not probably not where you think the line is it's probably another two three reps past that i think you're actually capable of a lot more yeah even for people who've been lifting a long time not like to go really to technical failure is you've got to dig pretty deep. A caveat um, for that is don't just let them do it on bench on their own. Yeah. Yeah. Don't kill that's your client because they will That's a good point. <laughs> that's um, just, uh, yeah. Th- there's a great video with Mike Isretel where he talks through the three levels of failure. There's volitional failure where he does like a hack squat and he's like, when it gets uncomfortable, he's like, oh, okay, I'll stop there. <laughs> then there's technical failure or or like a technical failure minus one or two reps where you're really having to dig deep and it really burning and you have to like sit down for it for a second afterwards and then there's like digging into childhood trauma failure <laughs> where he like he speaks russian to himself screams and then does a set of hack squats and has to like has to lie down on the floor for <laughs> for quite a while the thing that really annoys me in my own training is that I'm constantly aware of the inner narrative that stops things from happening. So like I will not do a rep, not do a set, load the bar five kilos lighter, all because of this like or if it revolving. Just felt, if it felt like absolutely shit on that one rep, I think it's so easy to get intimidated by that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like or- I get this is the set your clients are experiencing the same thing so like being able to communicate these ideas to people of i i think how how to try hard in your training i know that sounds like a really obvious thing but i think so few people or, or so many people are actually more limited once they get to a basic level of technique and they're, they're competent they're more limited by actually just training with enough intensity and vigor and they'll that means that the loads will stay where they are and they're not progressing or they're not really getting as much out of the session. And obviously as an in-person trainer, you can monitor that and push people 
and tell someone to do another rep or tell someone to load the weight, add more weight. Someone's just doing it on their own and they're like squeezing a session in after work and it's just like a five out of 10 difficulty. You could easily never know that for yeah, 12 the, weeks. The, there's very few movements. I think the only, the only ones I can think of that require it are things like a, a snatch or a, a clean yeah. because you you have to pull it a certain height like there's no cheating it there's no like giving it a half effort yeah it's a great point if you don't get it to that height you miss well, the lift. but even then you could just load it to 40 kilos couldn't you and just kind of like wing it up. yeah yeah like, you really have been watching my training haven't you <laughs> <laughs> there's so many clients i can think of where like they'll say you know that like i'm stuck on barbell row or something and you just think like i'd love i'd love to see the session like I'd love to see the yeah. what stuck on barbell row looks like. Are you not trying? If there's no blood involved, you're not stuck on barbell row. <laughs> so I, I that's a, that's a, what a theory! <laughs> that's, that's making it. Yeah, like you have to be bleeding. Yeah. I put up a story this morning about that. It's a, a bit of a bit of a nasty Instagram story, but it was just saying like sometimes you see someone in the gym. I suppose you won't have this um, problem, Johnny, but Alex, you certainly will. Well, you see someone training and you, you want to go up to them and you have to like suppress the urge to be like, mate, your program's shit. Your program's really tough. Like what you're doing here is a waste of time and you're going to look the same in three years if you continue doing what you're doing. Like, I just wonder what what it would take for, like you, you want to just sit down with them and say like... I think, so I, I think the exercise that this is by far the most common with is any calf-based exercise. Uh, yeah. Any calf-based exercise, there's always someone doing like 20 kilos. With their phone. With their phone. Yeah. Just going on the fucking leg press when I'm trying to, I've just done squats yeah. and I'm trying to do some fucking leg press. <laughs> so can you get off the machine and stop wasting that doing your cut? Anyway, that's a different. But it's I either think, that or, or it's an ca exercise. Calves that... are so strong. That tendon is so strong. Yeah. The weight that you can do on that is way higher than you yeah, think Yeah, you have is. to train it quite painfully. It's It's that or it's a movement that, just doesn't go against gravity so it's usually either holding a dumbbell and with both hands and like twisting it around there's doing the what someone probably thinks is training their rotator cuff but just in the wrong plane something's happening yeah <laughs> there's a lot of shoulder holding, stuff isn't there holding two plates and doing side bends with them that's one of my favorites to see <laughs> just perfectly counterbalancing those people, what those people are, is they're at the start of the journey of hiring an online coach, aren't they? Because <laughs> they're they're that's your market niche down yeah. to those people. Well, not not now. It's not them now because they think that what they're doing now is working. It's in it's in six months' time when someone at the office party says, "I thought you'd been going to the gym loads." Oh, hurtful. That's it. Yeah, and that's when they're like, right, the next <laughs> the next time I see an ad for someone's perfectly designed 14 day challenge that's going to dig all into these things and explain why I'm doing stuff differently. And it's really yeah. reasonably priced at the end and they don't make me get on a pushy sales call. <laughs> that's what I'm going to purchase. So just to spend more time in the gym. Get one, to these people. One, one final note was going to be like a really good series for sort of, it's, it's a bit tangential, but wired to do this series where like an expert will explain a topic like astrophysics or, you know, AI or something like that at five different levels so like at the level of a five-year-old at the level of a 10-year-old high school college expert and i think having a watch of that and thinking oh okay where am i talking about my exercises 
what level is that at? Because I think honestly, most clients are probably, it's going to depend on the niche you serve, but most are probably more on the high school or college sort of level than they are the ex other expert. And I think the flexing comes in when you're just trying to say expert things and be Mr. or Mrs. Expert uh, mm. on, on a certain subject when really you could just be a decent high school level explanation and that is going to be far more useful for everyone you work with yes don't be a flex bird be an expert some <laughs> some of the some, some of the best technique advice i've had is from people who like don't really understand anatomically what what they're talking about they just know that what it feels like to to for something to happen like oh just try this just make it feel like and you're like all oh, right yeah like I'm not really thought well, about that. Actually, this is one of the best pieces of advice ever, I ever had playing basketball growing up. Came from my mate who was a break dancer <laughs> and had never played basketball. But it was like, ah, oh, basketball and break dancing are quite similar. You know, it's all about rhythm. And like that is never really speaked about, speaked about, spoken about in basketball. Like that. But like someone from outside it could see that that was so much about basketball. A lot of it's about rhythm and timing and stuff like that. And and I've like you know international level coaches never said that to me my mate who was just a break dancer this said is that, where like, you... that unlocks like a new angle of stuff yeah that's it it's the angle isn't it it's it's taking someone from one discipline throwing them into a different one and saying ah oh, what through your lens what do you see here mm. there you go right cool. well we've got to get on another podcast yeah so this has been a dream so much fun a lot's yeah. gone on we've covered everything from death through peeing death through weeing for a wee and how to coach online clients and warren buff fit and how long you can go without showering so next oh time God. if you let us know what you want to know how long you can go without something for <laughs> what what activity and we will dissect it for you we will uh, make sure you shower though seriously everybody shower you don't want to get chased by the by the actual army which is what we've learned will happen bye goodbye want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build propane fitness we walk through the sales systems the delivery systems follow-up remarketing how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24 7 we really do cover the full thing right and if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels. The best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.